Programming note, this was filmed prior to the SAG After Strike. TSC and Frederick Chani Media stand in solidarity with the writers and actors who are currently striking. This interview features a non-union talent discussing a non-union production. everybody this is fred Ricciani. you just witnessed the trailer for the award-winning film how it is coming to a film festival near you we are joined today by the producer the writer the creator the filmmaker of that film how it is she's also an entrepreneur the host of many great workshops on diversity and inclusion and a fellow wrestling fan we're happy to welcome to the show melissa hurry mel thank you so much for the time how's everything going Thank you so much for having me, Fred. Everything's going really well. I'm really happy to be here. So thanks for having me on the TSC News. Absolutely. We've known each other for a long time. Great to finally have you on. So, hey, let's not waste any time. People already checked out the trailer for how it is. Can you tell us a little bit about it and just how you feel about the reception going on right now? Yeah. So, I mean, well, yeah, a bit about the film. So it's basically like a multi-story kind of short. So quite complex, you probably think. Um, and it kind of follows the lives of a um, person that's just come from Iraq. Um, again, they've, they've actually been deployed, actually dismissed from their um, from their post in Iraq, but hasn't told their wife. Um, we've got another story where we've got a young girl who's pregnant with and is expecting from um, basically her partner's a criminal. So we've got some stuff going on here, a bit of gang crime related, a bit of PTSD, post-war sort of like traumatic stress that's been going on and also we're dealing with poverty as well so we've also got um a story where we've got a yeah you know a man who's basically lost his job his house his family and yeah and it's kind of like wondering what else he needs to do in the world for more positivity yeah and it's kind of incredible how all these stories intertwine i've been seeing all over the gram you know different film festivals accepting this film how does it feel to put so much work into a short film like this and to see you get that reception? It's been absolutely amazing. So, I mean, obviously I've got to, you know, obviously thank my um, thank my friend Jay Worm, who's all the way in Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, without him, this film would not even be possible. So this was based on his actual song, How It Is. Um, I got to hear it and then I just started to develop the script. I mean, the script in itself has like won across like seven awards across different um, film festivals based in New York as well as um, in London 
as well, which and across Europe, which is really great to see. And the film alone has just been selected, award uh, award winning, nominated, you name it. It's been again across ten film festivals, and again Europe and the United States mainly, which has been phenomenal. So it's really great to get that support from across the pond. When you so when you heard this song, that's when you decided, hey, I just want to make a film out of this. Was there a concept already in, in place, or was it just like, wow, this would be a, a great song to base a movie on? It's kind of a bit of both. So, like, I heard the song, and I was like, actually, yeah, this is a really cool tune. And I kind of thought, well, you know, I can actually see this in my head. So I just started to kind of draft a few notes down. I was thinking, you know what, like, I can I can see who's playing what, like, what's happening, the colour, you know, the colour scheme, everything was just absolutely, like, on point. So, um, so yeah, so I basically got in touch with the artist and I just said, look, Jaywam, I've had this song. Um, it's really good. I want to write a script out of it. Can I do it? And he literally just said, yeah. That's absolutely fine. So, um, so I wrote the script and everything, um, sent it over because obviously, you know, it's his concept, really. You know, without without the song, this wouldn't even be. Um, and he loved it, and he was like, "Great, let's let's do it. Let's make this movie." Um, but you'd never guess how long ago that was, Fred. I could have it five years ago. No, longer than that. Two thousand and nine. Wow. Yeah. So it's two thousand and nine. I wrote it. It gathered dust. It yeah, gathered lots of dust. Um, it got to the point where it was like, yeah, I'll make it. The intention was there. The intention was there. Just never got around to doing it. And then finally, I mean, look, 2021, it just seemed to be my year of just creating things. So I just decided to finally get it out of the, um, yeah, kind of get it out of the attic, so to speak, and and just take the co- shake the cobwebs off. And then I just decided to do it. That's amazing. And I, and I know you have a background in marketing, of course, in media as well. You've hosted podcasts and different panels yeah. and workshops and everything else. So was this technically your, your first film or did you have any experience prior to that when it came to script writing or kind of doing anything in a film or TV capacity? Um, when it comes to, yeah, I mean, this was kind of like my third project, but I'd kind of like written two projects prior to that. Um, the first one that I did actually make, so this was the second actual film in that was um, in production, but I actually did um, make another one, which was actually during lockdown, um, and that was called Maybe It's Not, which also won quite a number of awards as well, which was quite shocking because it was a very, like, very small sketch. Like, I didn't expect anything of it, um, and it did pretty well, like, even winning best first time filmmaker at the Hong Kong Indie uh, Indie Film Festival which I was really kind of elated um, about so yeah so again so that was my first one and then it was like okay that gave me enough confidence to say okay well look I can work with two people let me now work with a few more and that just turned into like more than 10 people in one in one project which was like really uh, yeah it was just phenomenal and plus I had the great support with it. So would you say you've always kind of had an eye on writing and, and filmmaking growing up or was this something that you kind of got into more so in adulthood and, and kind of discovering your creativity? Writing in itself was something that I was really interested in when I was a lot younger um, I mean it started from like when I was like 13 and 14 you know being told to write like a novel 
or like a, like an actual full story. And I actually just went into screenwriting, not even thinking about the brief that I was given. Um, and then from then it was like, actually, you've got quite a bit of a talent for this. Although that's not what my teacher said then. It was like, well, you missed the whole scope of the thing. Here's like a C, probably the best C that I ever had because it was a really good film that I wrote. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I kind of took that with me and then realized actually later on um, about a good yeah about five six years after I wanted to kind of make that a little bit more prominent so then I started to write a lot more and then kind of taking off then to 2009 I was like all right I'm just going to do it in roll on a course let's learn more about screenwriting the format and everything that goes into it how to show and not tell uh, like real fundamentals of screenwriting and then I just took that with me and just started to write and just threw myself into it. It's, it's obviously worked out for you up to this point so I would assume moving forward in the future, I don't know what you're allowed to talk about or not, that you would probably want to turn this into a feature or have some features in mind down the road? Yeah, absolutely. So the next chapter is to kind of move into features. And and also, I mean, we say features, but like also it's about making sure features are series worthy as well. So it's like, okay, you got to write a feature, but we know now everything is a series now like you know we binge watch so many things now so it's like okay making sure that I can adapt it to like a you know a series maybe not as successful as succession maybe one day that will be but you know we'll kind of um you know that is kind of the journey that I'd like to move into for now looking at how it is I would say that this is more of a proof of concept that I'm looking at it in terms of its journey and I feel like actually we can move down that feature route um so yeah so that's something that's going to be that's going to come along the lines with other things to come and as somebody who's also organized a lot of events pre-covid now post-covid and everything else how is the overall casting process and everything else especially because this was filmed you know during lockdown and, yeah. and everything did you find things a little bit easier now that there's self-tapes and digital submissions where there are other challenges for, for any in, aspiring indie filmmaker, you know, watching or listening to this, like how'd you go about it and what solutions did you find? I think actually, you know what? I felt like COVID really helped me kind of move things along a lot quicker because we were all at home. It was so much easier to find the right people because no one was actually working. So it was kind of like, right, you had to take advantage of that time to say, right, I need you on these dates. Can you do it? The, the whole process did start, obviously, from the casting. So, you know, I was kind of a member of a casting site. I then started to kind of put, like, the, the post out there, started to get some, obviously, some self-tapes and that. And going through that was brilliant because, you know, I think it's just so much nicer when someone's able to audition in the comfort of their own home. They've got, you know, they can just feel a little bit freer sometimes. It's not the the anxiety of kind of going into a studio or a place where they need to do an audition right on the right on the spot. So having them doing their self-tape, they can take as many takes as they want. I'm not going to know about it. They did it. And it was like, actually, great you're great for this role you're great for that role okay not so sure let's have you as maybe like a bit of a contingent backup and then um and then having other people just to kind of say well actually you'd be great as an extra here or I could probably utilize you here and you could start to see them play those roles which was really great so I found actually COVID made it a lot easier for me 
and it's less expensive as well so if you think about like having to hire a place and you know get refreshments making sure that you know and also like the health and safety side of it and all of that look get a self-tape this is the way we're going now I think everything is now you know so much more virtual so much more easier yes the competition is higher but you know, look, we can utilize it like digital digitalization has just helped us. And even for those people that are like across the globe, you never know what opportunities that can that can open up for people. Uh, but I also got to praise you for your work in, in workshops and events. For those that don't know, you also host a number of workshops on diversity and inclusion. And I know a lot of times those are buzzwords. I know Taika Watiti has talked about how like, hey, it's it, it, it needs to be on the other side now, you know, these employers that are ones that got to be the ones like, you know, putting their money where their mouth is, but it does take a lot of effort. It is extremely commendable for you to put yourself out there and say, no, like we need to bring forth this change in filmmaking and in the entertainment industry in general. So can you tell us a little about how you got involved in starting these events and workshops and really the feedback you've kind of received so far? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a really good question. And like, definitely like having diversity in media is like a huge passion of mine, because at the end of the day, look, we're in 2023, there's no reason why we can't be diverse in our productions. Um, and one of the things that started me off was actually when I was working on the project for How It Is, because I wanted a blend, like I wanted to have more ethnicities and, you know, diverse backgrounds working in, in my film. And that wasn't just like the cast members being present on screen, that was like crew members as well. So that could be different lifestyles, different, you know, again, disabilities or, or anything, you know, other than, you know, physical race and creed. So for me, that was a huge point that I was like, actually, I want this to be a diverse, uh, a diverse project. I myself, obviously being female, end of Asian descent, like doing like basically like an action drama movie that doesn't really happen a lot. So it was like, well, no, I'm putting myself into something really serious and quite, I would probably say it's quite a masculine movie. I don't know if you kind of agree with me on that, but it is quite a masculine movie in that sense. So it was like, no, I'm throwing myself into something. And it was like, if I'm going to represent diversity, use this project but not only that now start to talk about it and this is where the opportunity came where I did the diversity workshop um like about a few weeks ago now and it was really nice to be able to talk to young people in tv and film in the media industry that have just started their journeys and again all walks of life they're coming in, they want to see more of people like them on screen. And this is where that workshop came because that was something like it, it was like, why aren't we seeing more of us on screen? We should have, and it's not just um again, not just on the physical side of it, but different accents as well. Like, especially in London, we've got and this is a beautiful thing about London, is that the diversity is like on a different scale in a different scale altogether, excuse me. Um, and it's about time that we see that on TV. So I want to see TV shows like EastEnders, where you will see different accents, you will see different families, not just one family of one race, and then another family of another race, and then everyone is of one race. It's like, no, we want to just see everyone different because it is representing London and you know I'm not going to go on a, a whole soapbox here but that was basically the instigator of what didn't I see growing up 
now is the time to make that change. And this is what I'm doing with my workshops. I love that. Well, you're doing tremendous work and it's great that you're raising awareness and you're putting your money where your mouth is. And I think what's great too, and something that, that I want to also mention is that you, you are deliberate in your casting for, for how it is. You're deliberate in who you include in these, in these workshops and you're deliberate in also who's behind the camera. And I think yeah. that's great too. You know, I think the more we can rise up and uh, bring along, bring people along the way, rather than just looking to network up, you know, that that'll definitely make a huge difference as well. Because at the end of the day, you and your colleagues, you know, are the future. Knock on wood, are the future of, of filmmaking uh, and TV in, in the UK and worldwide. So I just want to commend you on that, and Thank you're doing you. a fantastic job. And uh, before we get to our rapid fire session, which I know you're looking forward to because you're completely unprepared for it, but that's okay. And the, I want to talk to you about the script analysis. You, you do script consulting and that in itself is, is an, is an art because it's, I'm not saying it's easy to write a script. It's easy to come up with an idea sometimes, right? It's easy to jot down a few notes here and there. It's much harder putting it together in any kind of legible, uh, readable, understandable format, let alone a script let alone a script that makes sense, that has the right beats and interests and everything else. So how did you get into script analysis and consulting? And when did you realize you had a real knack to help people? Um, well, to be honest, I saw like this course that just came up, um, you know, after like years of screenwriting myself and, you know, having other people read it and say, actually, you know, this ain't this ain't half bad this is really good actually that kind of obviously gave me a bit of a confidence naturally um and it just came with the fact of reading scripts you can't learn about scripts unless you read scripts and you can't consult on scripts unless you read scripts so you start to understand right what is not so good in terms of a script, I don't want to say poorly written because I just want to put like a, a positive spin on it because every concept is good in its own way. So, yeah, so there's some that like, OK, fine, let's work on that. Ones that works, uh, you know, in, in progress. There are some that are like, wow, this is great. Doesn't need any critiquing at all. And also by watching films, like when you're watching a film, like for me, like I'll listen to the language that's being used. You know, I'll start to analyse it. I do dissect things. And again, I did like a reel about or a TikTok about how I, you know, watch films like about a hundred times or more because like for me, it's like an educational purpose rather than, of course, the entertainment side of it. Um, but I start to dissect it and that helps me with script consulting. So when I started to feel like, actually, mm, I'm not sure if this this dialogue actually works. They could have written it this way. And then I just saw this course come up saying, hey, you know, why don't you do like script consulting and then look at some uh, scripts and give some feedback on it. I was like, OK, that seems like a really good course to do. So I did that. I did really well like I had really great feedback on it so I started the service and I've had quite a number of people that have been optioned that are you know screenwriters and producers you know by natural profession um, people that are starting out as well because when you're starting out you need that support and you need someone who's unbiased and this is where I come into it like I want to make sure I'm giving that unbiased positive feedback so it's not just about looking at it and saying no it's not going to make production and then chuck it in the bin like you just don't do that um it's like no here's what you can work on here are some suggestions let me know how your project goes and you know I'm happy to kind of support moving forward and that's the way that I would have liked it when I was writing rather than just going straight into the deep end 
and now I'm able to provide that service. And this is what I'm doing on a regular basis now. Much respect. Uh, you, you were juggling a whole lot and doing a great job at it. And before we get to our rapid fire round, can you tell everybody where we can find you online and where they could contact you if they want to get script analysis, if they want to host you for a workshop or anything else? Yeah, excellent. So, um, yeah, so any sort of booking inquiries in terms of workshops, script analysis, or if you've got general inquiries, feel free to get in touch with me on themelhurry at gmail.com. And if you're on the gram, as they say, or on TikTok, um, actually, yeah, on IG, you can get me at melhurryfilms. And um, on TikTok, I'm on at the Mel Hurry. So yeah, so yeah, find me on TikTok, find me on Instagram, and you can email me directly. Great. Well, we'll definitely link that in the show notes. But Mel, we always like to ask our guests some kind of random and rapid fire questions just to get okay. to know them better. Are you ready? All right. I think so. All time favorite film. Vanilla Sky. That's an interesting choice. Why Vanilla Sky? Because it's just multiple layers. It always changes every time I watch it. Like I'll look at something, the concept changes me. Did that really happen? Did that really? Oh, no, there's the Vanilla Sky. No, that was then. I'm right. Okay. It changes for me every single time I watch it. So, yeah, this is why it's my favorite. And, like, I'm, I completely love Tom Cruise as, a, as an actor. It's brilliant. Okay. Favorite actor and actress? Favorite actor, Tom Cruise. Favorite actress. Oh, gosh, this one really kills me. Uh... I'm going to have to go. It's rapid, so I need to be fast. Um, oh, okay, Charlie's for on. There we go. All right. hey, great, great choices. Great choices there. What would you say is the most like obscure film in your favorites? Obscure film that's in my favorites. Snakes on a Plane. Oh, there you go. Hey, that was campy and fun. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you're a wrestling fan, so I'd yes. ask you, who's your, who's your all-time favorite pro wrestler and who's your current favorite pro wrestler? Okay, current favorite pro wrestler is Seth Freakin' Rollins, definitely. Um, all time, uh, okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with the Undertaker. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, it's great. That's so. That's so typical. I felt like kind of saying something that was a bit more like of a dark horse, but no, I just had to go with Undertaker. <laughs> all right. That, hey, that works. Favorite spot in London? St. Catherine's Dock. Why? Is, is, it, is it nice views, everything else? It's really nice. You've got the marina. You've got loads of restaurants. You're just by Tower Bridge. Um, and it's quiet. So I've just literally said this. So everyone's going to go to St. Catherine's Dock now. But can you just please avoid it on certain times so that I can get some quiet time? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Awesome. In terms of filmmaking, specifically with how it is, what was your most awkward moment in filming How It Is? Was there something wacky or wild that happened that makes for a funny story now? Yes. So, uh, no, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bridge with this. I'm gonna, so I'm going to kind of give another story. So, um, so yeah, so we had um, an issue with the prison scene. There is a prison scene. And um, so we had to kind of move this mattress near to a wall but the base what we needed to put the mattress on was too slim so one of us i.e myself had to go under the mattress just to make sure that the actor on there was supported so it was a bit of a health and safety thing which obviously ensured and everything but i literally had to roll under and have it held 
just so that the person who was kind of assisting me in the direction could do that scene and I was just just under the mattress saying all right action (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so that was probably the most awkward positioning I've ever been in and you know we're talking about someone who was quite stocky quite built that was on that mattress as well and I was just underneath him whatever you do please do not roll on to the other side because I cannot carry you Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, at the end of the day, as the old saying goes, you got the shot, right? I got the shot. And yeah, it worked. So and it, yeah, it didn't look half bad. So yeah, you're you're also from Mauritius. Yep. And I don't know a lot of people from Mauritius. So what would you say is your favorite Mauritian dish and your favorite Mauritian spot? Gosh, no, I'm going to go to my favorite Mauritius spot. Let's do that first. So, um, okay, it would have to be Grabe, which is like, again, in the north of Mauritius. It's just got, it's the best place for like restaurants and it's got the beach as well. Um, and yeah, it's just basically got everything there. So you, you can't go wrong when you're in Grabe and it's like, you know, like really good, cool shops and stuff. So yeah, so you kind of get a bit of like a Cosmo scene as well as the beach. So yeah, it's been a nice blend. Um, in terms of dish, oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, I'm going to have to say like, okay, there's something called Gato Pimo which is kind of like a falafel but it's spicy and you can have it like unspiced as well but it's basically instead of like using chickpeas we would use split peas instead um soak it overnight and then you grind it with like your onions and everything and it's just a really good snack so yeah so I'm gonna have to go with gato pimo which basically translates as chili cakes what's the best piece of advice you give for filmmaking don't delay just do it like it's easy to kind of get caught up in your head and thinking I can't do it you can take the most simplest of scenes that you've written and just just film it and and just watch how that confidence grows the worst thing you can ever do is not do it so I'll say to you just go for it please don't let anything any fear block you from it because again filmmaking it's We've all got it. We've got it on our smartphones. You've got a camera. There's no reason why we we can't shoot a scene, whether it's, you know, you don't have to worry about the perfect lighting. Don't worry about perfection. Just shoot something. Look at it. Perfect it. Keep going. Just don't stop. Don't get in your head because it's the one thing that fear just holds you back. And like myself, it held me back for many years. Thankfully, I got over it. And, you know, I just managed to do it. And look, here I am talking to yourself, Fred, talking to the rest of all of your subscriptions and your your viewers out there, which, you know, I'm really thankful for. But yeah, the worst thing you can do is just hold yourself back. So just go for it. Love that. Great advice. And good to on another high note. Why should people watch how it is? It's a good, it's, it's insightful. It's insightful. It's deep. It highlights issues that are around us on a day-to-day basis. And it just makes you reflect on, you know, other people could be going through something that you might not be aware of. Um, You know, it highlights things like mental health, PTSD, poverty, gang crime. It's so much. It sounds really negative, I know. But it's it highlights so many things that are that is going on around us. And, you know, someone might be silent, but they could be going through something that they might need to talk about. So it definitely highlights the side of it where, you know, yeah, that's life. That's how it is. But, you know, we, we can kind of all kind of come together and maybe stop making bad decisions just by being there for one another. Excellent stuff. Well, Mel, thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure. Before we let you go, where can we find you online and where can we find you next? 
Instagram is probably the best place to find me. So at Melhari Films, I nearly forgot my handle there. Um, and on TikTok, of course, the Melhari. Um, online, I mean, look, you just head over to socials. I'm all there. Send me an email, themelhurry at gmail.com. I am yet to kind of sort out a website for myself, but as soon as that's out, everyone that kind of emails me or they're on my IG, you'll get to know once that's launched and you'll be able to find me on there as well. Excellent, excellent. And I know for workshops or everything else, you got a few coming up that we can't wait to uh, see. And, and before we let you go, one more thing, bonus question. Okay. Is there, any, is there anything you wish I asked you in this interview? No, you covered everything. Okay. I think. I don't know. I'm so on the spot today with this. So, yeah, I have no idea. But, yeah, I feel like you've covered everything. <laughs> no random fact. Oh, you know what? I'll give you a bonus question then. What's your favorite animal? Pigeon. All right. There you go. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Pigeon's cool. We have plenty of them in London and New York here. So yeah. that works. <laughs> Mel, thank you so much for your time. You can check out how it is thank right you. now on YouTube on the Rhyme Entertainment YouTube channel or at a film festival coming soon near you. And you can follow her on IG at Mel Hurry Films.